listening to Battle Red Radio. My name is Matt Weston, and tonight I'm joined by uh, my fellow color commentator. So, like, I guess you be Pat Summerall. I can be John Madden. Why can't I be, like, Tony Romo in the booth? I'm not Jim Nance is the problem. No, no, you're Jim Nance. No, I'm not Jim Nance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you could be Jim Nance. Let me be Tony Romo. I'm not professional enough to be Jim Nance. Well, let me be the guy that knows everything. I feel like you don't know as much as me, so I feel like I call things before they happen, just like I believe I did with the Houston Texans picking up Johnson. Just going to throw that out there. I think if we go back a few episodes, I think I made the suggestion why doesn't Texas just pick him up? I'm glad you arrived at one Texans thing okay. over the court past All year. All right, so now no, we're like, I'm make, not, you know I'm, what? no, you're belittling. I it. can't think of somebody I'm like more the opposite of than Jim Nance. Like I'm the opposite of Jim Nance. You guys are the same size. Y'all look no. alike. Jim Nance is like five foot eight. You both can't grow a beard. Maybe Jim Nance can't grow a beard. But <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, but he's like five eight. All I know he, is he he parties at Martha's Vineyard. He yeah. has his own line of like. And you wouldn't party at Martha's Vineyard. No, yeah, that, no. Well, yes, you would. I like going to the East Coast once in the summer, but I like going to the, the dirty city and throwing trash on the floor. I want to go like Nantucket. You know, I don't, I don't believe you. Your favorite movie is Breakfast at Tiffany's. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. My favorite movie is the episode of The Sopranos where Tony Soprano that's not a movie. eats peyote in the desert and that's cries not, and has an epiphany when the sun comes movie. up. You can't say your that's favorite, favorite movie, movie is a TV show yeah. episode. Yeah, that's my favorite that's movie. That's not how it works. I mean, it's an hour. It's pretty much a movie. That's not a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. No, to compare, if your movie is not at three hours nowadays, then guess what? You're just lame. Um. Well, then my well, Lawrence of Arabia is my favorite movie. Then it has to be three hours. Okay. Why is Lawrence of Arabia? How many times have you seen that since you purchased? Zero times. You so you haven't yeah. even watched it once, no. and that's the one movie you have in your movie collection. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I've been to old DVDs too. Like I like The Godfather Part Two. I still haven't opened it, but it's there. Why wouldn't you buy like the entire set? I got for like my birthday. I only got the first two. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. at least you had the first one. I thought you just well, had the part two, and that's what, what you were just going to hold on to. This is what I want to do. I want to turn the AC off, and then I want to get really hot in the house. That's good. And then I want to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre and just yeah. sweat. Which and one? The first one. And then I want to watch Lawrence of Arabia and just die inside my house. That sounds like a very eventful evening. Yeah, uh, I will have to do it before I think I'm going to be Labor out Day. of town that weekend. Yeah, you're not invited. Yeah, okay, good. Is I'll anybody invited? Or is anybody going to come? No, I would come. <laughs> That's why I don't invite anybody to do it. Oh, okay. That, that sounds like a... Like, <laughs> a as long as you're knowing a, and you're acknowledging this, it's okay. It's like, this sounds like a, a great idea, but <laughs> it's not for me. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so for tonight, we're going to do the opposite the Ooh. hot in the desert. We're talking the NFC North. Ooh. Do you like the NFC North? I like the NFC North this year. I like them more than the NFC South. Like, I like them a lot more than the NFC South. I think the NFC North is the most interesting division this year. It's kind of weird how everybody's picking them this year. But either way, I think it's going to be a good old time because all the teams have something to really play for. So Yeah, except I just think Detroit's being like kind of bad. Hey, man, I don't want to talk bad about Detroit. Yeah. I just don't want to we'll say that. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. So we'll start off with the Chicago Bears. So the Chicago Bears last year, they won 12 games. But you want to hear a lot of the fortunate things that happened to them to win 12 games? Yeah, lay them on me here. So they were plus seven plexiglass principle, which is the number of games they won the year before, uh, plus, or the difference between the games they won before before the year before that. So they won seven more games in 2018 than they did in 2017, which was tied first. They went six and four one-score games. Their turnover differential was plus 12. They forced 36 turnovers last year, which is first in football. Yeah. They had 27 interceptions last year. That's insane. Yeah, it's insane, but the defense is good enough. Well, that's yeah, the it problem. Was, it was the like, eighth-best defense of all time, according to DVOA. But that's not surprising. If they went to the Super Bowl, what would everybody give it credit for? Yeah, their the defense. Def- yeah. But they also played the second-easiest schedule in football last year, and they were also the second-healthiest team in football last year. So that was all the things that went their way for a 12-4 and season where they did have the best defense in football. And so this year, now you add another year, they'd probably be as fortunate their defense isn't really built on depth. It's a lot of really great players, but they don't have a lot of backups backing up guys like 
um, you know, Raekwon Smith and Akeem Hicks. Like these, these are positions where they don't have a great backup at, and uh, and they did lose Bryce Callahan, their nickel corner. And so there's issues with depth here. They're super healthy last year. They played a tougher schedule this year. And so this is the question for the, I think for all these NFC North teams, there's a big question. And whichever team answers this question, I think it depends on their season. And so for the Bears this year, it's their defense is going to be worse next year. And so can Mitchell Trubisky get even better in 2019 to make up the difference from the regression that's going to happen on the defensive side of the ball? So do you think Mitchell Trubisky is going to be better in 2019? Yeah, I do. And that's just because I feel like with the receivers he's going to be able to have, he's going to be able to get used to them. I mean, he's already commenting on Allen Robinson, saying that Allen Robinson could be the best receiver, that he's so great. But, Matt, what do you think the problem with Allen Robinson? AR-15. I don't know. He can't be healthy. Well, he was pretty healthy last year. Kind of. I thought he was out for a good majority. Uh, He was just like kind of mediocre season was the problem with him. If that's the truth, then, then that's not good at all. I thought he actually was out. But you know what? Maybe I'm wrong here. But you're supposed to be the stats guy, so this is just out of line. I'm you're sorry. You're supposed to know these things. Who are you? I Well, I mean, Robinson did have 94 targets last year. But he only had 55 catches, and he averaged 13.7 yards a catch. I think the biggest problem with that's Robinson... Not that good. Yeah, I think the biggest problem is just the offense, though. It's an offense that's based on short passes, a lot of quick throws, a lot of, a lot of screens. It's not a lot of sideline isolation routes. And that's what Robinson does. He's a guy who runs a lot of posts and, and fly routes and... Stop and goes and comebacks and curls. And we're talking about an offense here that runs a lot of drags, a lot of throws up to the flat, a lot of screens, um, a, lot of, a lot of those like shorter throwing routes, who's especially there? a lot more throws to the center of the field. Who's going to be their starting running back? Is it going to be Tariq Cohen or is there going to be their draft pick that they got? I don't think it really matters. Really? You don't think they're going to be running the well, ball? Well, I mean, like, no, I just mean like it doesn't really matter in the NFL who your starting running back is, who your backup is. They're both pretty much the same thing, you know? I don't know, because Tariq Cohen has never been a real starter, really. He's more of like the pass catcher. Yeah, he's a pass catcher. Yeah, so that's the whole idea, and this is going to be the season where they don't have Jordan Howard. So I feel like they're going to be more of relying on Mitchell Trubisky, which it's all about is he going to be able to step up to that plate and be that man? Because for me, either way, the defense is going to be great. When I read a headline to an article that says Kyle Long can't stop fighting as well as puking, <laughs> that's just the weirdest headline I've ever seen. How How is that like an issue? He just can't stop fighting on the field and throwing up on the God, field. Yeah, God bless Deadspin for... Yeah. <laughs> I just like how they write, they write their titles. That's all the title was. And like I, Kyle that's Long all gets to fight and pukes afterwards. <laughs> and they sound like he keeps doing it each and every single day. <laughs> I don't know if that's healthy or not. Well, so where do you think the Bears finished last year in defense? Do you think this is like the fifth best defense, the seventh best defense? So wait, last year, do I think of where they're going to be? Where do you think they're going to be this year? So Because they were the best defense in football last year. The issue is, and I thought you were actually going to touch on this a little more, is their schedule. Otherwise, I'm, I feel like this team is going back to being 11-5, and 12-4. and four. It's just the schedule's what's throwing me off. Because yeah. come on, man, they're having to play the Cowboys. That's hard. Oh my gosh. That is hard to do. So they're projected to have the fifth toughest schedule this yeah. year. And the schedule's not like... Super tough, but they have three really. They have two, three game stretches that are really hard. So from week seven through nine, they play New Orleans, Carolina at Philadelphia, and then they end the year weeks fifteen through seventeen. They play at Green Bay, Kansas City, and at Minnesota. And so those are like All two really tough two stretches, and uh, and then that's kind of like gonna make make or break their season is how they do in those two three game stretches. I I think this defense is probably gonna be like the seventh best in football. I just think it's natural regression. And again, they had 27 interceptions last year. They also just lost one guy, though. Yeah, they did. I mean, so I mean, Callahan was the only guy they lost. Yeah, so that's the whole idea is that I feel like this defense may take, I don't even think they're going to take a little step back. I am big on Chicago this year. Well, they also lost their defensive coordinator, Fangio. He went to Denver, replacing him as Chuck Pagano. Yeah, which I was going to ask you, how do you feel about Pagano being the defensive coordinator? Well, Pagano, Pagano. Because he, he was in Indy, right? <laughs> Yeah, he was. And I didn't he, remember and them being known sabbatical. for defense, though. No, but he was a defensive coordinator in Baltimore before he went to Indy. And so oh, he's a guy you. who blitzes a lot, comes up with a lot of creative blitzes. And Fangio was a guy who was really great coming up with uh, creative coverages to put his defensive backs in situations where they can do things like have 27 interceptions. Um, I, I think this is be like the seventh best defense, not because of talent, but just because of natural regression. Uh, I don't think they're going to be the eighth great, eighth best defense of all time next year. I don't think they're going to have that either, but I still feel like it's a top five defense. 
I just I don't feel like anybody's going to be so and especially with that schedule. Heck, if they have at least 10 games with the schedule cuz they still have to do the Rams, the Saints, and they they have yeah. a really tough road cuz even the division they're going to be beating each other up yeah. it seems like. And it's the same thing with every other division. You just can't count any of the teams out, including and Arizona. They play the South too, so they'll play Atlanta, they play Tampa. Yeah, so it's going to be a, an interesting season for them. But if they make the playoffs, man, they're going to be a tough team to get out. And just like you said, though, I didn't know they were that healthy. Well, I didn't yeah, realize they that they year. were that healthy. I mean, I can't think of anybody like really being out for them. Yeah, and now that you mentioned that, I was like, yeah, they really didn't have any key injuries to any of their because I thought. AR-15 was the only one that was injured, but no, you're, even, there. you're even telling me he was there, which, by the way, I don't know why Trubisky's saying he could be the greatest when you have 55 catches. Well, he could you got to throw him the ball He more. could be the greatest if, if he could throw the ball to the sideline. Um, but, yeah, they did trade Jordan Howard Philadelphia, but David Montgomery's the guy they traded up from Iowa State they drafted for. He's looked really good in preseason, even though preseason's meaningless. And, I mean, nothing means anything, but preseason football is especially meaningless. And so Tariq Cohen, so uh, this stat really tickled me, you know? Oh, yeah, you got tickled from his stat? Yeah, it was like 40 days and 40 nights, just like a feather going across my chest. <laughs> but were you, like, just putting the feather on yourself? Yeah, I was doing it to myself. Okay, yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. So, Allen Robinson, he had 55 catches, 94 targets, like we mentioned. Uh, 754 yards, four touchdowns. Tariq Cohen, and then he had DVOA, negative 4.8%. Tariq Cohen, a DVOA of 21.3%. 71 catches on 91 targets, 569 yards. 10.2 yards a catch. Like their best receiver last year was Tariq Cohen. And uh, it's oh, like, yeah. that's the thing here, is that I think the bear season is going to come down to, can Trubisky grow enough as a, grow additionally as a passer? Cause, and I think so. And the biggest reason I think so is watching Trubisky in college, like his sophomore year, he was butt. He wasn't very good. He hadn't been a quarterback very long. And he then, was butt. Yeah, and then his third year, the year they got him drafted as the second, quarter, second overall pick, he was awesome that year. Like the difference between that year and the next year was enormous, and this was the difference between his rookie year and his in his second year. Uh, his completion percentage went from fifty nine percent to sixty six percent. His number of touchdowns he threw went from seven to twenty four. He threw you know twelve interceptions instead of seven. His net yards per pass went up by one point two. His DVOA went from negative sixteen point eight percent to three point six percent, and then he also took about three percent. Uh, less sacks as well too uh, in one year jump. And my favorite, my favorite one of the bunch for as far as like a jump goes, his QBR went from twenty nine point two to seventy two point eight. There it is. And like it was an enormous difference between playing for John Fox and playing compared to playing for Matt Nagy. And it's also his second year in this offense. They can do more things. They can open things up additionally. I mean, they do have good skill players. Um, like I like everything they have around them. It's just going to be, can he do it? I think he can do it, especially concerning this offense and the growth he's shown throughout his career. Yeah, for me, I'm not going to go on that big of a rant about just how great I feel like Mitchell Trubisky's going to be. But whenever it comes to John Fox, dude, come on, man. He's just a terrible coach all around. He's I on ESPN nowadays. Yeah, that's great. He's so he, pink all the time. He, he, I just, I don't understand. He, he, They always said he's a defensive guy and that he just was a great head coach, great defensive mind. You don't know anything about offense. He's like you he, can't do anything because Mitch Trubisky seems like he was held back with John Fox for sure. Like that's all it comes down to. Every quarterback, like, every quarterback like except for well, I guess like Jake DeLum was your last name starts with an F. You're Peyton a terrible Manning coach. Wasn't held back by him. Like John Fox is like a great manager of a Chick Fil A. Yeah, that's true. Like your and local Chick Fil A, and he's always upset, but yet he'll be happy in front of the customers. Yeah. Yo, yeah, yeah, he's that guy. Uh, so their pass rush is also interesting. So Leonard Floyd had 31 pressures, Khalil Mack had 38, Akeem Hicks had 28, Roquan Smith had five. Where do you think you do you do you think one of these guys is going to get any better? Like, do you expect like an even better year from Mack? He only had 12 and a half sacks. Do you think this is year Leonard Floyd, Leonard Floyd makes a jump? Um, you think Roquan Smith really adds a lot more as a blitzer in Chuck Pagano's scheme? Like defensively, like where do you think the impact comes to deal with the regression of the fact that they're probably not gonna have twenty seven interceptions again this year? Yeah, in my opinion, I would be it's actually more of Smith for me versus Mac because I feel like Mac's still gonna be paid attention to, but I ex- actually expect more sacks than just twelve. Yeah, and especially with this year, him being used to the defense, and again, this is just another year underneath a coach, so everybody's now getting used to the system. Same thing with being able to get used to the offense. So 
it's it seems like that this is going to be a year where they should improve, which is why I'm surprised that people feel like that they're still going to be held back by something. And yeah. I, I just don't know what else it could be besides the schedule because just like what you're saying, you're even saying it's not going to be like a top-tier defense, and I've even read that from other writers as well. I just don't see that. How is a team that's going another year more experience where just like you're saying – even though they're not going to get the interceptions, they have the defensive line to be able to put the pressure. Somebody's going to be able to get through. It, I mean, it, happen, it just happens every year, though. Yeah. It's football. And I think a big part of it has to do with injuries. Like, imagine so something... that's imagine, your argument? Fine. Imagine fine. if something happens to Kyle Fuller. Like, we saw the same thing happen to Jaguars last year. They have one of the best pass defenses of all time. The following year, A.J. Boye gets hurt. But weren't they partying in London? Yeah, that was like week nine when they were like three and six. You know what? If you're partying in London, you deserve that. I'm, okay. Yeah, I'm glad they partied in London, yeah. too. <laughs> Why are you glad they partied in London? I won, like, 300 bucks off that game. Oh, that's true. I remember yeah, because yeah. I was, like, bet on Phillies that they got in trouble partying because yeah. we were up that late. I remember that. And they tried to walk out, like, a $150,000 tower. Like, we're the Jaguars. Yeah. We can do whatever like, we, we want. we don't care. It's not what happens in London. <laughs> we don't care you're the Jaguars. We don't care. <laughs> Is that uh, how they say it? Is yeah, I tried my best. I tried my best. You know, I'm from Texas. I can't, I can't talk like them. But... I think Leonard Floyd's the guy on this defense who can make a jump. Oh yeah, you know that he's only twenty seven. He's twenty seven. Quill Mack is twenty eight. It feels like Mack has been in the league for like three years longer than he's been. But I think this is the year that Floyd he puts it all together, uh, and I think he can have like a sort of ten sack season, and he can be, you know, I think he's the next guy on this defense that can make a leap and kind of help that impact the fact that they're not going to have twenty seven interceptions next year. But I I can't I don't think they need the twenty seven interceptions. I feel like if the offense takes a step forward and because Trubisky I will give you with last year and you you can even think of plays where it was just a miraculous throw and a miraculous catch that happened just He was super clutch too. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. Like he was just always like that well, Philly like the game, highlight. he was bad the entire game. It's like and out the last drive, it, yeah. it's like three twenty five yard throws in a row. You're like, What the hell? And they should have been doing that the entire yeah. time. And that is the one thing where it was disappointing to watch was how they performed in the playoffs until the very end where it was like, dude, you should have been that, doing this. It's kind of that Blake Bortles thing against New England that game. Where it's like they're afraid he's going to blow it so they don't give him the chance to win it. And they don't win it because they never actually were aggressive and gave him the chance to. But they were so afraid he was going to lose it that they, they it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? That's No, no, that's fair to say. I Do you think that they would at least have more confidence? Do you think that they're really going to like give him the reign saying this is yours now? I think and for sure. I think they're going to have to. And I think they're going to. I think they're going to let him throw it to the sideline more. <sighs> Man, I really feel like that Cohen's going to have a big year again. I just really feel like that he's just still going to be thrown at a little old Cohen. I feel like that he's still going to be relying on those lucky pass. I don't know. I just I worry about Trubisky, but at the same time, with another year under his belt, I just I need him to get used to receivers here. He's just interchanging them yeah. in and out. I mean, last year was his first year with this group of guys. Exactly. So yeah, I I but think they got a rookie as well. So I haven't seen the like I, I think that's the biggest thing. As I you said, the interceptions don't matter as much if the offense takes a leap, and that's the point here. Yeah. And so I do think the offense gets better, and then they make up for the difference. I think this is a fringe top five defense. I don't think it's been the best defense in football next year because again, they're not going to have twenty seven receptions and force thirty six turnovers. So the over under here is nine. I'm gonna take the over. I'm going to go 10 and 6, and I think they win the division again. You like read my notes. I told you before what I, I was going to I wrote all pick. those down. See, this is what I'm talking about right now. Just, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have, you don't think. You know what? I'm going to change mine. They're going 11 and 5. Okay. And they're winning the division for sure. Okay. That sounds good. Kyle Long is beating up people and throwing up, man, on a daily basis. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty good life. I don't know. I, I mean, like I think I think really what he's doing is he's just... All, like he just works out, plays football, goes home, drinks twelve suds, and then goes to bed, and then pukes it all up the next day. By the way, you know it'd be scary as if in an interview after they said, "Hey, so we read this saying like you're doing this and this in practice," and he goes, "Yeah, I'm only going twenty percent." <laughs> what? What do you What do you mean? Yeah, it's like, preseason. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Lincoln Park lately. I've been really on the edge. Sometimes I like to break the habit. Yeah, I've been crawling in my skin a lot lately. Yeah, sometimes. You just want to faint. Yeah, I mean, because in the end, it doesn't really matter. I got a Cause, paper cut. Because cause in, the, in the end, your kicker's just going to double doink off the goalposts. It doesn't really matter. All right, so next thing we have here is the Detroit Lions. And I hate the Lions, and it's because of two things. One, I hate faux New England stuff. Except for Mike Rabel. Mike Rabel cracks me up because he's not like, 
a football X's and O's expert. He's purely out there just to lead his men. And he kind of says so as much which in is a way. Fun. Which is fun. But yeah. he's not like Matt Patricia and Bill O'Brien who have been tabbed to these super football geniuses when they are. And they're, I think they're just a bunch of doofuses. And the second thing is the worst uniforms in football, 100% by far, are the Detroit Lions sweatpant gray uniforms. It's just like they went to Academy and got some sweats for $5. They shrink in the wash after you wear them once and throw them in the dryer on accident. Come on, man. Those are classic colors. But they're soft for like one day. You know what? I'm not even They're the worst jerseys in football. I'm not going to hate on Detroit, okay? I just... I don't even know. I'm I'm surprised, by the way, with whole the Matthew Stafford thing that's going on with him and his wife. I'm surprised he's playing. That's the only thing. Only I just don't understand how anybody's going to be able to pay attention, like be able to focus on the game. Because even well, when they're saying with preseason, he hasn't been looking that good. I'll give you a good reason why. Why? He's owed $29.5 million this year. God. He has $31.5 million owed to him in 2020. Um, if he's cut next year, they would save five and a half million dollars. That's a bargain. They, but they would pay twenty six million dollars in dead money. Like that's how it's a Joe Flacco contract, and he's thirty one years old. I think he's still like four and like thirty two against teams with a five hundred record or better. Um, the best he's looked was just like closing his eyes, throwing the ball downfield against bad defenses, or in Jim Bob Cooter's like short, quick passing offense. But now, like, I have no idea what they're going to do in the offense. And this is an offense now that just wants to run the ball all the time. Well, that's what I mean. They're just going to be hanging off to carry on. Yeah. Like, that's all they're going to be trying to do because it's – yeah, I remember watching last year where I didn't realize how bad they were, but he just refuses to throw the ball downfield. Yeah. I mean, he just refuses where he even has receivers that people were actually really into, like Galloway. Galladay. Uh, Galladay. Yeah, yeah, it's Galladay. Galladay. Yeah, it's Galladay. Yeah. I was like, Galloway, Galladay. Because I thought Galladay was on – doesn't Dallas have one that's Galladay? No, they have Galloway. See, that's they where I got Randy it. They have Randy Galloway, okay. and the Cal- the, uh, the Lions have Kenny Galladay. There it, it is. It is very confusing. Okay, see, I'm, okay. You're I just not dumb. To make sure. It is very confusing. All right, with that. But, yeah, I mean, they seem to have solid receivers where they'd be able to get open downfield, but Stafford just wouldn't throw it. Yeah. He just refused to, and, again, if their running game doesn't work, they have nothing to go on. And Matt Patricia, I am not a fan. I'm, well, I'm with you on, I believe, Great big phony. Let, let's I think like Family Guy, where the guy's just yelling, "You great <laughs> big phony." Let's keep talking about Stafford real fast. So this is his age thirty-two season. Oh, this is like his eleventh year in the NFL. So last year he averaged five point nine yards per pass. Yep. His average depth of target was seven point two yards, which is thirty-second. And he threw twenty-one touchdowns to eleven receptions. And it's like you mentioned, he didn't throw the ball downfield. And that was also an offense with you know Golden Tate for a little bit, but he was hurt for a lot of the year. But also on the sideline, he had Marvin Jones, he had Kenny yeah. Galladay. These are both go up and get receivers, and he just didn't push the ball downfield. And a lot of that was like the coordinator, you know, that was Cooter's offense. But at the same time, like those throws are there, and you have to take shots downfield. Even when you're like losing, even when you have a losing record and you're not taking the shots downfield, what are you even improving on? When I mean, they, they still went six and ten last year. Like, I feel like we're talking about them being like a three-win team, but they won six games somehow. Yeah, but they looked ugly. Wait, who yeah. did they beat last year? They beat year? New England. Remember that? Oh, I, oh, wait, they beat Dallas. Yeah. Wait, is that? The, no, no, that was Tennessee that did that. Yeah, no, Tennessee. That, yeah, that wasn't. That was Tennessee beat Detroit. Dallas because Mary owed through like four touchdowns. Yeah, no, because Tennessee went through Dallas and then they went through New England, but we didn't play against Detroit. That's who it was. I keep forgetting because that's how relevant Detroit is for me. I just even with six and ten, what are they going to go this year? So, six and ten. So they beat New England, Green Bay. They won in Miami. They beat Carolina after Cam died. They won in Arizona, and they beat Green Bay week 17. So Green Bay was really good back then. Green Bay played like one of the easiest schedules in football last year, and it was an abomination they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, it's because they were as bad as they were. Yeah, it's because they're overrated. That's all it is. Well, but well, seriously, whenever it comes to the Lions as well, they have everything. And then the defense is it slayed and nothing? Well, I don't know anybody else so on this defense here. I guess the thing about the the lines that are, I guess are interesting is that they added a lot of players. So their new offensive coordinator is Darren Bevel, who is the former offensive coordinator of the Seahawks, where it's a run-play-action sort of offense. They pay a bunch of money for Trey Flowers from uh, from New England. I remember that. Yeah, and so and also Trey Flowers last year, he had like he had more than 40 hurries last year. He had 12 sacks. Like He was awesome last year. Uh, they paid him much money. They signed Justin Coleman from Seattle. 
They signed Jesse James from Pittsburgh. They brought in Danny Amendola because you always have to bring in former Patriots every time you get the chance to. They brought in Ode Abushi. They brought in Tommy Lee Lewis from New Orleans. They brought in Logan Thomas, the quarterback turned tight end. They brought in Rashawn Melvin, another quarterback. And uh, they drafted, of course, not Noah Fant, but TJ Hawkinson from Iowa as they try to and as they try to continue to be the New England Patriots. What? Matt Patricia is just he's <laughs> really going in there going, What would Bill Belichick do right now? What yeah. do I think who do I think he'd pick? Who do I think he'd pick up right now? Who's going to be a solid like, guy? What did we have in the Patriots that worked out real well? Oh, really good tight end. Let's do that. Let's just do that. He's just, I don't think he's a good coach at all. And even watching him last year, he just seemed lost with certain games. And the only reason why he beat New England is just because Bill Belichick threw him a bone. Yeah. And he goes, hey, I'm going to make you look good right now. And he was so petty as well, too. Yeah, I just, man, I really am not a fan of this team. And I feel like it's disappointing for Detroit fans. Because it's not going to get any better, and nobody's going to take the Matthew Stafford contract off your hands. And well, I mean, the hold on, would they re-sign him? Do you think that if his contract was up this year, that they would re-sign him? They may re-sign him next year, just so they don't have to pay him some damn much, and like yeah. they will like put that money over the course of three years or something. What's his argument going into negotiations? I want to be a top five paying quarterback. Uh, Matt, you haven't uh, done anything. Yeah, the only thing they did was get. They're tits licked by the Seattle Seahawks in the divisional round. They lost like twenty one to three. I don't understand that terminology. Yeah, it's, they say it like in Ohio. I don't I don't I've You get never your heard of you that. get your taters lit and you get your tits licked. You get say. your taters and your tits licked. No, you get your taters lit, L I T, and then your tits licked. Okay. So Or maybe it's the other way around. So you want your taters licked. Yeah, that sounds better. And then okay. your tits lit. <laughs> and your tits are lit. Yeah, I like that more. I don't think that works. I think it's the other way around, but uh, when did you go to Ohio? I, I mean, I lived in like south of Cincinnati for a summer. No, that's a lie. No, I did. Um, this defense is interesting though because they did have, so like last year they were like really kind of screwed up with how they rushed the passer. They were third and second level sacks, but they were 29th in defensive line sacks, but they were fourth in adjusted sack rate. So like they got a lot of sacks on the quarterback, but they were all. They all didn't come from their defensive line. The majority of their sacks came from their linebackers. Uh, Gerard Davis had six sacks. Outside linebacker Devin Kennard had seven sacks. Uh, the, their left outside linebacker Christian Jones had a sack. And so they got a lot of their, a lot of their sacks from the second level in their cornerbacks. And so this year you're having a, a really good like run-stopping defensive line with Damon Harrison and Ashawn Robinson at defensive tackle. They also signed Mike Daniels from Green Bay who still has a foot injury. And if he plays, like, he's an awesome interior rusher. And then you add Trey Flowers to it, too. And so, like, I think this defense is going to be, like, fifth in run defense, which really doesn't matter. And they're going to be, like, 20th in pass defense. And they're going to be 25th in offense. So you just said they're going 6-10? and 10? Uh, Yeah, in a way. <laughs> By the way, what did they pay <laughs> Trey Flowers? Oh, I think they gave him like because wasn't everybody they gave him a hundred million dollars. I thought everybody was laughing whenever well, they did that. They're just laughing because everybody who leaves New England gets worse automatically. Yeah, but also at the same time, and because Matt Patricia's paying a lot of money for. Yeah, New exactly. Player. That's why if they're laughing. But Trey Flowers, based off his statistics last year, he's worth a hundred million dollars. Matt Patricia is fired after next year. I don't think so. Oh no 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 no! The moment Matthew Stafford goes, he goes. Well, Stafford's gonna be here for two more years. I thought it was this year and next year. Yeah, next year they can come and save five and a half million, but they still have to pay twenty six million. Yeah, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. They're going to keep them here for two. But that's what I mean. Patricia's contract has to at least be three years. Oh, you know what I hope happens. Hmm. I hope the Broncos cut Flacco for next year, trade for Matthew Stafford next year. Oh, and they just keep (laughs) they just keep doing it in Denver. Elway's going to keep trying that card. But by the way, that would be such an Elway move. Yeah, it would be. That'd be interesting. I don't think it would work though. Still, no, it wouldn't work. Still, because it also this is the worst contract in football. Stafford's now. uh, Now that Flacco's in the last year of his. As long as Dak doesn't get forty million dollars a year, I'm which isn't going to happen. Oh my god, that's Um, the most ridiculous thing. Do you think Kerryon Johnson can be a top ten fantasy running back? If he wasn't on Detroit, yes. They're they're weird because their offensive line they've invested a ton into, but it's not very good. It's like the 18th best offensive line in football. Do they get rid of all their other running backs? I know Abdullah's gone. Ad- Abdullah's gone. I think he's in Oakland. So they yeah. have Carryon Johnson and C.J. Anderson. No, Abdullah's in one of the teams we're talking about. Um, oh, is he in Minnesota? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know who their backup quarterback is? Who? Tom Savage. Ooh. You know how many games Matthew Stafford misses a year? Like two. So you think that Savage is going to come in and save the season? No, he's going to be the worst quarterback of all time. But I thought you liked Savage. He's one of the worst quarterbacks of all time. I thought Savage was your boy. No. We don't want, we don't need to talk about him. No, I didn't know this. Yeah, you know how much how bad I think he is. I don't think so because you like Case Keenum. Yeah, but I don't like Tom Savage. That makes. Sense. I appreciate Ka- I appreciate Case Keenum. Why Tell you... Tom Savage to go to an NFC Championship game. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so Trey Flowers had seven and a half sacks, twelve quarterback hits, forty three pressures. I'm sorry I missed that. And then Kenny Galladay, seventy catches, one hundred nineteen targets, a thousand sixty three yards. Uh, Five yards after the catch and thirteen point three DVOA, and he came out of nowhere too. Uh, unless you're me, like you knew you saw him coming. Oh yeah, <laughs> when did you pick him, Matt? I like the seventh round. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, of course, like you don't because I didn't need to pick him sooner. And then you try to just make bad trades all season long as usual. Well, they're a bunch of cowards that would make any trades. That's true too. My God, it's the worst thing. Try being in a league where nobody wants to make trades because everyone just thinks that you're going to get better. Nobody wants to benefit. Oh, and if you make trades. Then the league manager cheats. Yeah. Yeah. And then has to go back on his word. Yeah, Sam. So the so the secondary, and I think this is kind of the other problem here. If Mike Daniels isn't great, if Trey Flowers is like, doesn't do what he did in New England. So their secondary is Darius Slay, who's a top five quarterback. And the rest of their secondary is Quandre Diggs, Tracy Walker, and Justin Coleman. And it's like, just throw, yeah. just like look where Slay is and be like, oh, I'm going to do the opposite <laughs> oh, of oh, that. There. What's his number? They should like switch numbers. That'd be so cool. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good idea. Because, yeah, you're exactly right. Whatever side of the field Slay is on, hey, we're not going to throw it there. We'll just throw it to the other side. Yeah, and, like, Slay's the type of guy who just covers the best receiver the entire game. It's true. They don't play, like, cornerbacks by side, so you're going to see a lot of that. It's nice, though. I mean, at least they have a guy. Yeah, it's yeah, good. They have, they have a guy. So, like, with all this defensive talent that they added, with their front seven, which I think is good, do you think Matt Patricia can mold this into like a, a good defense, like a top 15 defense? No, absolutely not. But he has a pencil behind his ear, and he has a beard. By the way, the pencil behind the ear is so wonderful. I just wish that it was like a cigarette or a cigar. Then I would think he would be more hardcore. <laughs> so he's just like a, a 15-year-old drug dealer with a cigarette <laughs> behind his ear, and he just has holes all in his hoodie. Yeah, that's all he needs, and you're just watching it because he has like ash burns all over Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Has, Oh man, he's missing out on like a real prime opportunity. Or like you go in his office and it's just like all these coffee cups with like probably three sips of coffee left in each one and just a whole pack of cigarettes just ashed in each one. Matt Patricia, we could make into a true American hero if he let us. And that beard. I just, what if he came in like clean cut this year? That'd be so awesome. Yeah. Like he just shaved the beard and everything. He'd probably have to lose weight though then. He doesn't need to lose weight. Yeah, not with a beard like that. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I think you're just jealous of the beard. I am a little bit. Yeah, you're just saying that. Like, I wish I grew a beard. I think I would enjoy the wintertime a lot more if I grew a beard. That's true. I feel like this is my winter. This is the time where I'm going to be able to grow the full beard. So I'm a little bit pumped right now. I won't lie to you. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see if I have any other... So the... So I guess for the for the Lions to come to the end here, their postseason odds are thirty nine point eight percent. They're projected to win eight point three games. They play the twenty fourth uh, toughest schedule in football. The over under here is six and a half. So what do you have here for the Lions? Oh, I have them under. I have them so under on this. They're going to be four and twelve this year. Four and twelve. Four and twelve this year. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to take them slightly over because it's six and a half. You're going to take them over? So you're saying they're going to win seven I'm gonna games? I'm going to put them at seven. I want you to name me the seven teams that they are better than. All right, you want me to pull this up right now? Yeah, I actually do because this is really bothering me right now. <laughs> you know, what I are you talking about? I didn't go through this exercise, so this should be a lot of fun. So I think... All right, so they're playing at Arizona. I think they beat Arizona. I think they beat the Giants. I think they beat Oakland. I think they beat Washington. I think they beat Tampa. And then, like, that's five wins. And then maybe they get one against the NFC North, and that's six. Uh, maybe they beat, like, Minnesota and Green Bay one time. Yeah. They play uh, the Chiefs this year. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they play Minnesota and Green Bay. Maybe they're going to be able to but there's get a, one But there's game. winnable games here. They play, like I said, they play Arizona. They play the Giants. They play Oakland. They play Washington. 
They play Tampa. You know, there's some. They play at Denver. Okay, you know what? You and I should make a bet on this because I'm so willing to make a bet. So I would say under six and a half. See, you need to write these down though. We yeah, need to I have it bet. all written down. Okay, so then I'm gonna say under. Wait, no, no, no. I'm saying you need to write the bet. We down. can just do a bet podcast, a separate podcast. Oh, with just bets. Yeah. I don't know. Are we gonna have that many bets? I don't know, dude. I don't know either. Yeah, so I'm slightly over. I wouldn't bet on this one at all, but I think just with the defensive talent they've added, uh, I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be able to run the ball this year too. I think with their schedule, and uh, I'll give Patricia some credit as a defensive coordinator. I think they'll be able to just like squeak their way to seven wins, and it just seems like the Lions do. Like They never fully bottom out unless it's like 2011. They're going to bottom out this year. Well, it's funny. Carry-on's not going to be able to do everything. And that defense is not going to do anything. Well, they got CJ. Anderson. What are you talking about? The defense got to do something. Yeah, in your mind. I think it's gonna be. I think it's, like I said, I think it's gonna be fifth against the run and twentieth against the pass. It's like a top twelve, top fourteen defense. No, it's, no. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're, we're gonna take a break and then we'll come back and talk about the Green Bay Packers. All right, up next we have the Green Bay Packers. So here's my question for the Packers: Aaron Rodgers in 2016. 40 touchdowns and 7 interceptions, 6.5 net yards per pass, 18.7% DVOA. Then he was injured in 2017 with a broken collarbone. 2018, he threw 25 touchdowns and 2 interceptions, averaged 6.3 net yards per pass, had DVOA of 8, 8.1%, which is 12th. So, like, Rodgers is no longer, has not been, like, an elite quarterback for, you know, three years, four years now or so. And now he's new head coach in Matt LaFleur. Uh, Gone is McCarthy. And so my question for the Packers is, can Matt LaFleur put Rodgers in offense where he can be a top-five quarterback again? Do you think that happens this year? Okay, so it actually, that's for me, that's not really the question. Because the question comes down to, and let me actually reverse this on you, because I will ask you this. Are they that type of offense if Aaron Rodgers is the one making all the calls? Or if Matt Lafleur makes all the calls, or do you think that no matter what they're not? Uh, I, I think the problem with the offense is, I think Matt Lafleur is very good. Ooh, you like the Lafleur? No, I don't. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, okay, I thought you said So everybody made fun of the tight ends because they're like run heavy, smash mouth yeah. offense. Their offense was better with Mike Malarkey as the head coach than with Matt Lafleur as the offense coordinator. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, he's not good. He, you know, he all he does is he just runs the ball every chance he gets. Second and seven, we're running the ball. First and 15, we're running the ball. Down by 10 in the fourth quarter, we're running the ball. He does understand that throwing the ball is good. Throwing a lot of play action is good. And, uh, and so I don't like his offense. And also, the receivers really aren't here for Rodgers either. But that's where, to answer your question, I would say that if Aaron Rodgers, sadly, is this his, because I hate that douchebag, Yes, if he's running the offense, this is top five. But if they're just going to be running the ball, which is like what I've heard Matt LaFleur does and what you just even acknowledged, Aaron Jones, he's so-so for me. I don't think he's all that. He was that, really good last year. I don't think he's all that great. He was though. great last year when I, he played. I, just, I don't know. For for me, he's so-so. And I think it's just because maybe people saw flashes and they like him. But I'm just, I wasn't that big of a fan and I didn't really see it. And also at the same time, I don't think this is going to work. I mean, I, I didn't think... Like, there's no way this works. The thing about Jones, though, is he was so much better than everybody else. Than everything they had, yes. They had. I agree. So LaFleur for runs in first half, second in football, runs up first down, fourth in football, runs a second long, first in football, runs in power situations, seventh most in football, runs behind the second half, third most in football, passes ahead in the second half, 30th in football. All he, all he did last year in Tennessee was just run the ball a lot, all the time. Now tell that to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, well, and that's the thing, and, yeah. and then yeah, it's I don't know. Work. It doesn't make sense, and so uh, I guess with Aaron Jones, real fast, since we're on the subject, yeah, we he had well. a DVOA seventeen point one percent. Williams is at one point seven percent. He averaged three point eight yards in attempt. Aaron Jones averaged five point five yards in attempt. And I think one of the problems that they had last year was it took them, you know, eight or nine games to actually start playing Aaron Jones. But that's what that, I mean. And that was and McCarthy just like has his guys, and he likes sticking with the veterans. He doesn't like playing the younger players, and it hindered the offense last year. I think no matter what, I'm not sticking up for Mike McCarthy. I just I don't understand why they would choose a coach that you know your star quarterback that you want to tend to. Well, it's the McVay thing. 
Yeah, but it, everybody wants young, young offensive coordinators to become the next head coach. Yeah, that's great. You can have that when your quarterback is as young as Jared Goff, but when it's Aaron Rodgers, yeah. he's not going to listen to you. I can understand that. Like if you're going to be drafting a quarterback again, that's they should one make Bruce thing. Arians their head coach. Just yeah, let him throw yeah, yeah. it deep, dude. But exactly, Just right. throw it downfield, man. But if you were to tell Aaron Rodgers that Bruce Arians is his head coach, you know what he's going to do? I'm going to throw it downfield. He's going to be like, I'm interested. I'm going to see how that works. I'm going to throw it deep. When somebody tells him Matt LaFleur is your head new coach, you know what he's going to say? Or you know what he did say? He didn't say anything because the general general manager said, don't be the problem. Yeah, we got to work some things out. Um, Man, Jamal Williams is still here. And so, like, their receiving group is Devontae Adams, who's very good. Yes. And then, I think this is the most important player on this team this year, is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He was good as a rookie last year. Really? Yeah, because even he, over Allison, he's their second best receiver. Yeah, I think he's better than Allison. And Ooh. They're yeah, and then it's like Jimmy Graham is busted. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna do anything, which is fine. He's an old sock with like seven holes in it. Yeah, he's and then Jay Sternberger is interesting, out. but rookie tight ends usually have a a rough go at it. Rookie tight ends are always bad. Has there any been a rookie tight end that's breakout year? Never. Okay. It never happens. It's right. hard because I mean, they had yeah. to learn how to run block, pass Ooh, block. What was Gronk's first year like? I mean, nobody even heard of him. Okay. So I know Her- Hernandez broke through his second year. Oh, that's good. Let's talk yeah. about Hernandez. No, we're not talking about oh, that. Oh, let's go down that hole. I'm just bringing it up because <laughs> that's the youngest tight end <laughs> I can remember. Don't get in. defensive. I'm not, I mean, just, we don't, hey, you talked about so, There's only so much damn time there. Hey, yeah. man, I, I give up. Uh, yeah, I just don't like, I don't like LaFleur. And I was watching a few Titans game the other day. I'm like, this is just so bad. And they're also, they love So to, boring. They love to throw screens and short passes, and they were so bad throwing screens and short passes. And yet, that's all they did. Play to your strengths. Yeah. And, like, really all they should do with, with Rodgers and this offense is throw as much play action as possible. Don't run the ball so much and throw as much play. Because, like, Rodgers is great off play action when he has lots of time to throw, whenever he can run for it, find different holes. Like, Rodgers loves to hold onto the ball to the very last second, find somebody downfield. Like, yeah. that's his thing, you know. Yeah, and whenever it comes to, I really hope that Aaron Rodgers in this whole thing doesn't get dragged out because it's going to turn into the whole drama thing. And instead of focusing on football, we're going to have to focus on reality TV. Yes, it's my favorite time. Because they're not going to get along. This thing is going to last probably six games. But the moment that Aaron Rodgers isn't able to throw the ball in certain situations, he's not going to listen to LaFleur. He's just not. If he tells him that you're going to run this down right now, you're going to run this ball, and Aaron Rodgers says no. He's like, it's second and nine. Yeah, exactly <laughs> the point. Right in the ball. But that's the point. It's like, how does that ever work? He should work? do that because it's dumb. Okay, but how do you tell the new head know. coach, and how does the new head coach accept that? Uh, I don't know. It's hard because he's only like four years older than him, and he's never been head coach before. And yeah. he wasn't even good as an offensive coordinator. Exactly. So there's zero respect already. So now try to convince him that he's the best. Yeah, well, the good thing here about the Packers, though, is that I do like their defense this year. So last year, they had a good pass rush. They were 10th in just a sack rate. They were 14th in pressure rate. And that was, you know, a defense with no edge rushers. Uh, Clay Matthews was their best edge rusher last year. And now he's gone to Los Angeles to play for the Rams. This year, they added Preston Smith from Washington. And Preston Smith was a guy who had a ton of hurries, but no sacks. He had 33 hurries, 13 quarterback hits, four sacks. They had Zadarius Smith from Baltimore. He had eight and a half sacks, 17 quarterback hits, uh, 30 pressures. Vacro last year had 10 and a half sacks, but no quarterback hits or pressures really. Um, they still have Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark's a premier interior rusher. I think he's going to become a star this year. He's going to be kind of like what Akeem Hicks was last year. He's going to be like the big fat guy who gets like eight sacks this year who nobody's ever heard of. And then Blake Martinez is a great interior rusher too. I really wish they kept Mike Daniels. They cut him. I guess because they didn't feel good about his foot and he was owed a bunch of money this year. And they also drafted Rashawn Gary in the first round. Yep. And Rashawn Gary was the number one overall recruit, went to Michigan, and didn't have that good of a college career, but tested out as a combine as a complete freak. And they drafted him, you know, 15th overall. And so I love this pass rush. I think this could be a top five pass rush this year. It's actually the only thing everyone's been really talking about besides the drama is the defense, is that this is their first year where they're going to have a solid defense. And it's going to be able to at least balance out Aaron Rodgers. Because, I mean, if you think about it, if they have that solid defense where they're at least... Because, I mean, Matt, when was the last time that they were able to not have a team score at least three points on them? 
Like uh, at any time. I don't know. I just always remember them just like being disappointed because Rodgers was hurt. Yeah. And, and then winning. They, they would just give up and roll over. And it they was would just win games pathetic. like 31-27. Yeah. So at least with this time around, there's young guys. It's young defense. It's ready to go. And maybe it'll take the pressure off Rodgers. I feel like this team is going to be really good if they can get along. Because just like we're even talking about, if LaFleur's offense does work with the running game plus a solid defense, I mean, he's trying to copy the Dallas Cowboys, let's be honest. Yeah. The only issue is you have the quarterback that, okay, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys and if I have Aaron Rodgers, we win the Super Bowl this year. I don't think it's even a question. Yeah, I think it's a question. Uh, whoa, wait, wait, I don't um, think it's whoa, so whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the, pa- the Packers' defense over the last five years, you ready? By defensive DVOA. Yeah. 16th in 2014, 9th in 2015, 20th in 2016, 20th in 2017. Last year they were 29th. And yeah, this year they add a lot of talent in the front seven. I really like Jair Alexander. They don't have any really good cornerbacks aside from him, but I do really like their safety group. It's Darnell Savage. The I think he was their second round pick from Maryland. He's awesome. And then he's like the type of like uh, players like Eddie Jackson in Chicago. And then they also add a free safety Adrian Amos from Chicago as well too, and they pretty much swapped him out Amos. with Clinton Dix. So yeah, like this is a this is a really good safety group, a really great front seven. I love it. Again, I think it's gonna be a top five pass rush. And then like yeah, like if you have one really good corner and a top five pass rush, you'll be okay, especially with the safety group the the way that they have, you know. Yeah, no, no, I I agree with everything you're saying. I just don't think it's ever gonna matter because. Even if the defense is solid, all the attention is still going to be on Aaron Rodgers, which is why I hate Aaron Rodgers. But even with this defense this year, I finally feel like this is going to be the first year where Green Bay is going to be coming back. And if for some reason Aaron Rodgers goes out again, at least the defense is going to be able to support it. I just, is Hunt, who is their bet? Is it Huntley? It's Deshaun Kaiser. Oh, never mind. They have a shot. He's been good this preseason. Okay, with that defense and Deshaun Kaiser, you know what? I'm I'm starting to turn over on Green Bay a little bit more. But it's the whole relationship. The defense is going to be solid. Running game is going to be solid. They have the solid wide receivers. But can the quarterback get along with the head coach? Well, and also, can the head coach be good at calling offensive plays? That's not going to happen. be a good offensive coordinator. That's going to be the problem. It's because he's not going to well, understand I mean, when he's needing people, to step up. People learn, though. I'm not saying like it can't happen. I just, I just really didn't like what he did in Tennessee last year. And uh, until I see it be better this year... I'm not going to expect it to. And I guess the other question, too, is like what do they can do at their second wide receiver, their third wide receiver, the fact they don't have a really good tight end. Like they have one really good pass-catching option. So do you think Jimmy Graham will be dunking one single ball this year? I think he catches like two touchdowns. Whatever happened to Jimmy Graham? And then Graham? he gets he got old and hurt. You know what? So were the Saints right all along by not paying him that money? Yeah, they did the right Because didn't right they trade him away for in Max the next Unger. year that he got hurt? No, or is he, it the following year? He just was, year? like, never good in Seattle. He, like, never had 16 touchdown catches again. Yeah, he never had that. And Max Unger started, like, six years in Seattle in New Orleans and was, really, was really good there. Yeah, whoa. Man, New Orleans won that trade. How yeah. surprising. Yeah. Nobody remembers that because it's not the flashy guys that actually turned w- out to it be wasn't impressive. It was hot enough. Oh, I like <laughs> it when it's hot enough. Uh, I, and I also, I do like the Packers offensive line. I. Matt, we are in agreement. You know, it's a it's a really good offensive line. I think they can run block well enough. Um, like it's I'm, funny that I'm you're excited. not picking them to win the division here. You I, seem to be like really gung ho about them. Because even though I think they're gonna have a top, they're not gonna have as good of a defense as the Bears. And I well, yeah, more questions about the offense. In a weird way, like I think I think Trubisky stepping up is more. I don't know. I don't want to say that. I just think the Bears are a better team. That's yeah. a better way to put it. I think their defense is, is dominant. What were you going to say about Trubisky? I feel like you, that you wanted to say something. I about think there's it. a better chance of him improving to bridge the gap between them being like the best defensive football and the eighth best defensive football than for Matt LaFleur to like turn this into a top 10 offense. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just, I'm not confident at all because of the whole situation. However, if LaFleur literally gives in, and he allows Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers, and he stays healthy, this team is deadly. And I really hope they're not deadly. I hope they don't get along. I hope this just drags out. Hell, I hope it even affects the defense and, like, all the wide receivers. Yeah. Where everyone starts picking sides. I'm with Team LaFleur. I'm with Team Rodgers. 
And then this just gets into like an all-out battle. Or even they start like splitting up the name. Well, I'm green. Well, we're bay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about all that. But, yeah, they're going to be interesting at least, though. It's not going to be like, oh, Rodgers is hurt. They suck. They're boring. Uh, Until Rodgers gets hurt, and then they suck, and then they're boring. Well, Kaiser's there, though. And the defense is good. That's true. Yeah. You know? Until Kaiser gets hurt again, and then they're... Yeah, and then they have to call Matt Flynn up all drunk. Or they get Hunley again. Well, Hunley looked good, dude. No, don't ever say dude, that again. He looked good. It's all a lie. Looked, Hunley looks good for literally a quarter, and then you dude, just he, realize who he is. He looked good in preseason for Arizona. Nope. nope. I think Kyler Murray may die. Uh, thank we'll you. We'll talk about him That's in a little bit. That's what I've been saying. Uh, so what do you? What's your? So the Packers over under is nine wins. And they're projected to win eight point six games. Their postseason odds are forty four point four percent. So what's your prediction for the Green Bay Packers? Wait. So their prediction is eight point six. That's a projected. Oh, Their over-under is nine wins. I'm not doing that at all because I'm putting them at nine and seven. Okay. So you have it equal. Yeah, I have that equal. pushing. Yeah. I'm having them 10 and six, and they miss the playoffs. Nope, that's not happening. Wait, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? What do you mean? What am I How talking are they about? missing the playoffs at 10 and six? Because my playoff teams are Chicago. Okay. Dallas. Okay. Philly. Okay. Carolina. Okay. And then uh, I guess I'm going to have to pick the Rams in the West. Uh, Spoiler. Yeah, I guess I'm picking the Packers to be a playoff team. There you go. Yeah. Told you. Like I'm being one of the I wild was like, you've got to have two wild cards. So who's your other wild card? Uh, my other wild card is Dallas. Dallas isn't a wild card. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. Well, it's me. Dallas is division winners. We're in a state of low entropy right now. Okay, I don't know. You're throwing a lot of big words at me right now. Oh, I got to tell you this one joke before we go on. All right. So... My dad, he texted me the other day, and it was, he asked me a, a specific question, and I couldn't remember what it was, and we were talking about how women in our lives sometimes are just meaner than us with certain situations, and they can handle, like, getting things that we can't. So, anyways, he was telling me how a certain individual, it was Nixon's vice president, would, he married his wife strictly off of genetics, Okay. And that's how the conversation started. When he brought up the name, I go, who is that? I don't know who you're talking about. You made that name up. And he goes, that's the vice president of Nixon. I'm texting Texas State right now to try to get my money back for your history degree. Mm. And what I told him was, hold on, let me try to remember here. And I go, isn't it has something to do with Watergate? And he was like, yes, Taylor. I go, boom, class dismissed. Good one. And... They they haven't talked to me since, <laughs> so I don't think they're too happy. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad their money went to a good place. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That you know that Nixon has to do with Watergate. That, that's all it is, man. Good job. Hey, man, I, I try. I'm proud of you. Thanks. All right, so next up, we have the Minnesota Vikings. So I have been spending the probably like the last like week really thinking about the NFC North. Like I go for a walk. I walk the dog. I can't go for a run because it's too hot and it's not dark enough by the time it cools down. Uh, to be able to run at night, because if not, I'll get hit by a car. I'll be sitting on the toilet. I'll be taking a shower. I'll be That's driving to work, you know, and I'll be thinking about the NFC North. And I was, like, slowly talking myself into the Minnesota Vikings. And then I watched one. I watched the Vikings for Niners week one last year. And I was like, oh, yeah, Kirk Cousins is awful, and he's terrible. And I was, like, reading some season previews, and, like, this was actually, according to statistics, the best year of Kirk Cousins' career because blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, he was terrible. It was unbelievable how bad he was. Uh, he's You're destined to win like eight games at most with him. You're destined to like barely miss the playoffs in Week 17 every year with them. And I like I expect for the defense to be slightly better. But like this team is hindered by a quarterback that they're paying $31 million a year. I couldn't agree more because the worst thing I ever saw last year that is... That New England game. Yeah, and... But it was also, no, I think it was in the playoffs or something, or before or week that. week 17 against the Packers. Yeah. And they, mean, they win, they're in the playoffs. Meaningle- it, no, against the Bears. Meaningless game. And they scored, I think, three points. And it was Thielen yelling at him on the yeah. sidelines, and he just completely ignored Thielen. I'll always remember that because it's just, Kirk, you suck. This is all on you. Like, this entire game is you. You are supposed to be able to. You get paid a guaranteed contract to be able to win these certain situations to at least get in the playoffs. And also, you get paid $30 million to make up for your offensive line. Matt, everybody makes fun of the Dallas Cowboys, but yet we were able to beat Kirk Cousins every single time. How does that happen? 
we're not supposed to be able to beat somebody that many times. So you you know that. So my question about the Vikings is, can Kirk Cousins make this a playoff team? Uh, to me, this answer is a resounding no. And what's also interesting about Cousins is, whenever you look at his numbers in 2017, 2018, they're like they're really similar. So or the Vikings numbers were were pretty similar as well too. Uh, compared to like him and Keenum, like he was slightly better than throwing downfield than Keenum was last year. His numbers throwing downfield were pretty much identical in 17 and 18. He his average uh, he threw his yards he threw above first down marker was 0.7 in 2017. It was one in 2018. He threw 10 touchdowns to four interceptions in 2017 on deep passes, 11 to five in 2018. Uh, his average depth the target in 2017 was 8.1, which is 24th. It dropped down to 7.6, which is 28th in Minnesota. So, like, he had, like, pretty much the same sort of season. He just had, like, a worse offensive line was the difference. Like, he he's, he wasn't much different than he was in Washington, you know? And they pay him $30 million to be, I to guess, be that quarterback. Yeah. And he was, but, again, that was, I guess, kind of the entire point. Like, that was the question. Is Kirk Cousins good or not? I think we had that answer in Minnesota that, you know, he probably he's not good. Or he's, like, he's super mediocre. Yeah, I would say that he's super mediocre. Or he's like slightly better than mediocre. Well, I don't know what you would call. Okay, like he I'll makes put, enough good throws. I'll put but he this way: too many points. Who's on the table. who's better in your opinion, Matthew Stafford or Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins. Okay, so he's slightly above Matthew Stafford. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Think about those contracts too. Oh my God, both of them. I Means yeah, but Stafford's just been bad for two years though. And even when it comes to Kirk Cousins, though, it's he. He can't win the games that he should as well. I always remember, I think it was Buffalo or something. Wasn't the final score like 9-6 and they lost? It was some close game where he was supposed to once again be able to take over. And he just doesn't, he can't make the throws. And it's his fault because even with Thielen and Diggs, he has the guys. Yeah. And they're wide he open. Misses and so, a, he misses a yes, ton of downfield throws. Always. And even when they're coming across field, he's throwing behind. Always. He is... He's in his own head. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of the problem for him, too, is that he's not, like, a super mobile guy. Like, he can run for first downs or whatever, but he's not very good dealing with pressure. And so with all the pressure in front of him and playing for a bad offensive line, which is a bad offensive line because he's getting paid $30 million, he can't deal with the pressure to make up for that. And, like, the weird thing is last year was his best year under pressure. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. numbers. But like, you watch him like, well, this is the difference between him and Case Keenum is that Case Keenum was the best quarterback under pressure in 2017. Kirk Cousins had the best year under pressure in his career, but there's still a dramatic difference between the two. And that pressure, I think, really affected him whenever, and it was one of his worst years without pressure. I think that kind of bled over that he was under pressure so much that whenever the pressure isn't there, he's spe- his, his footwork screwed up. He's speeding his throws up. He's ever throwing guys downfield. Because, like, Thielen Diggs are wide open downfield all the yeah. time. Oh, it was bad on some of the plays. I don't specifically remember. Because we only watched, like, one or two Minnesota games, if we're being honest. But it was when they were, yeah. How many games did you watch? Don't give me that look. I watched, like, nine no, or you ten. No, I watched condensed versions, dude. Okay, you probably watched condensed versions, like, last week in order no. to get preparation for I just this. wanted to. Don't I w- lie. You're I even wanted... smiling while you're saying no, this. No, because it's funny. But I watch, <laughs> all I do is just watch condensed versions of every week. And then the the difference is that I wanted to be refreshed by by Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins, and oh, I I was really refreshed. I'm glad that you were refreshed by them too. But come, I just it's really bizarre because even when Minnesota picked him up, I thought that he was going to be better. Than and it Case. was it was the best decision for him, I think. And even with that defense last year for Minnesota, it didn't seem like that they took it wasn't a step as back. Good. They did. I mean, they it, weren't as good. They weren't as good, I agree. But it's like what I said. They were close games that they paid the quarterback $30 million to now win for yeah. them because Case wasn't going well, to be went, able to. Well, they went 3-2 and two in one-score games last year. That's still, though, big. The other games, I'm pretty I mean, sure, Matt. Ju- it was like a Buffalo just, game that I remember where it was like certain well, yeah, they games made, they should have won. That may be one. Of, no, the Buffalo Bills beat them by like one game where they should have been No, they were blown out. The Bills beat them by like 31 points. Josh okay, well, Allen just, jumped over Anthony Barr. Okay, well, they then had like three that, red zone possessions. Well, then that's the type of they game that I'm talking about. In, yeah, but I'm saying like they didn't lose close games. They just got their teeth kicked in by teams. Okay, well, that's even worse. I mean, I, the game I remember mostly was New England because Kirk Cousins averaged less than four yards an attempt. And also the Chicago game where the Bears aren't playing for anything. 
Yeah, I think they scored like six points or so, something like that. that Wasn't one. the big Sunday night game as well? And it was no, like that was up. that was Titans Colts with uh, playing Gabbert playing for a postseason berth. And it didn't work out. No, it didn't work out. Poor guy. No, not poor guy. He still has a job. Yeah, of course he has a job. What do you mean, of course he has a job? Dude, That's Blaine's like, pretty good, dude. No, he's not that pretty good. He's not <laughs> yeah. that pretty good at all. Yeah, Blaine's pretty good. No, that Chicago game, they lost 10-24. See, oh, God, 10-24, and that was out their starters? Yeah, that Buffalo game, they lost 27-6. to They lost New Orleans 30-20. He was bad six. in the New Orleans game. Uh, they lost New England 24-10. They lost to Seattle twenty-one-seven. They beat but those the are putting up no points. Yeah, yeah, that's those what are I'm putting saying, up like, no points at all. Yeah, and then they lost to Chicago twenty-four-ten, and they scored forty-one points against Miami, who's you know absolutely terrible. But uh, so to try to help Kirk Cousins, they're trying to turn him into Matt Schaub, and they brought in Gary Kubiak, they brought in Kirk Dennison. They're going to run the outside zone. They're going to run a lot of play action, and they're going to pretty much run an offense that you want to run whenever you have like. Not a quarterback that you're paying $31 million a year. And also help with this offense. They drafted Garrett Bradbury in the first in the first round to be their center. They signed Josh Klein to play right guard, who's going to take over Tom Compton, who is terrible. The, probably the worst offensive lineman is Brian O'Neill. Um, so do you buy into this? Do you buy into this outside zone? Dalvin Cook running a lot. Uh, Kirk Cousins throwing a lot of play action. Do you buy into Kirk Cousins becoming you know, Matt Schaub? No, not at all. Because that's never been his game. But also at the same time, Dalvin Cook is not going to stay healthy. He wasn't good last year. But he's not going to be staying healthy. And yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, thing. he was healthy. Like, I, he played a lot. I mean, like, he missed games, but he played a lot of games last They year. also drafted a running back, too. I can't remember who and he maybe is. Maybe it was Alexander Madison. That's who it is. Yeah. But yeah, they definitely drafted another running back. But I think Abdullah's going to be a big part of it, I'll be honest with you. He never has, though. I feel like he is. I just don't believe in Cook at all. He is just not reliable. He was awesome until he got towards ACL. I, I and know. And he was bad last year. And he had like a year to get better, too. Exactly. And he had a lot of time. Exactly. It's just, it doesn't seem like that it's working out in the sense it's going to all have to be Kirk Cousins once again. Because unless the rookie breaks out into something special, Kirk Cousins is going to have to be the one to take over. So I don't believe that the play action is going to be able to work. It's just he's going to have to be the gunner. Well, he's going to have to hit his downfield throws because they're going to be there. Because the whole idea is that you get one-on-one matchups with Thielen Dix on the outside. And there's going to be like 65-yard touchdowns sitting there, and he has to hit them. And you have a safety blanket in Kyle Rudolph. You have the certain guys to help you out to make you feel comfortable. And yet... Man, he look, he doesn't look comfortable at all. He looked more comfortable in Washington than he did last year. Maybe it's because he was the new kid in school. I don't know. But he just didn't look comfortable at all. And I still hated Thielen yelling at him. No, g- good. Thielen was awesome. Well, no, no, no. I just hated the run. fact that he didn't even acknowledge Thielen. It's like, you're the new guy, dude. And you're supposed to be like the leader now of the team. Yeah. You so, look terrible. So let's talk about their defense. They went, so they were, the past three years, they were eighth, second, and fourth. Do you think this is a top five defense again this year? Do you think it's a top ten defense? They really have the exact same defense as the year before. They just traded out Sheldon Richardson with uh, with Shamar Steven. So they went. They lost some interior rushing to help make their interior run defense better. Oh, I'm definitely saying top ten. I'm not saying top five. You're not putting this defense above Chicago's, are you? No, I think I think okay. I think they'll probably be like the 12th best defense this year. Oh, you're not even putting them in the top 10? I think it drops 10? off a little bit more. I put them in like 9. I put them around that, like 8 or 9. I I, Xavier Rhodes kind of bad last year, bad year last I year. I agree. He did not uh, He did not stay put. I still have concerns with Everson Griffin after he had like that mental breakdown last year, and he's another year older. Daniel Hunter's so good. And I do think not having Sheldon Richardson in tier rusher hurts him as well, too. And like Mike Zimmer's defense is also great. Against bad so teams, good. and but then they play against New Orleans, they play against Los Angeles, and they don't have options against those sort of teams. You're still expecting your quarterback though in those situations because those are high power offenses. Yeah, but you're like, still expecting your thirty million dollar quarterback to bring you home. You're expecting your top the, five defense to be. Better I still than those remember games. Minnesota's defense because at least they didn't take the step back that Jacksonville did. No, of course not. Like it wasn't even close to that type of step. It was like. Maybe when you're playing hopscotch and you're on two and you go to one and a half. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's pretty, that's kind of what it yeah. was. Yeah. But I mean, it's still a defense that does have problems against like the top five offenses in football. It's Who doesn't have problems with the Chicago. top five? Okay. Well, but we're going back to this now. Chicago is the greatest of greats. Yeah, they were a, a top yeah, ten defense. Yeah. Of all time. Uh, 
They're according to you, number eight. Well, I'm, according to the numbers, not according to me. Oh, excuse I can't, me. I can't just sit here and say that the Bears are the eighth best defense of all time. Sure you I can. can say the numbers said that they are. No, I could say the Bears were the third best defense I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Well, let's see, the, <laughs> let's see your reasoning for it. Because I haven't seen let's very many here defenses. For, let's <laughs> sit here for the district. Oh, okay. <laughs> there yeah, it just is. Just my entire life. All right. Um, but, yeah, I'm just in the defense is slightly worse. The off, I think. I mean, I think this is the best thing that you're going to do for Kirk Cousins. These are his numbers, by the way, with pressure. Uh, he averaged four and a half yards in attempt, uh, negative thirty-four point three DVOA. Uh, Case Keenum was the best quarterback in DVOA under pressure the year before, and then without pressure, here's the problem though: his DVOA was only thirty-nine point two percent. He averaged only seven point yards per attempt without pressure. That doesn't make sense. You want your quarterback to average like ten yards, eleven yards, twelve yards without pressure. And have a DVOA of like 112% without pressure. I think all the pressure he faced is what kind of screwed him up without pressure. So it's interesting. They're a really interesting team. Like I think all the teams except for Detroit uh, are really interesting. And I just, I don't think Cousins can do it. Like I don't think it's in him. Even though I think this is like the best offense for him to potentially play in to make up for the offensive line issues that they have because they pay him $30 million in attempt to make up for it. I need you to look up one thing, though, for me. Uh, what is their last game of the season? I'm going to give you their last three games of yeah, the season. Yeah, yeah, give me that. At Los Angeles Chargers, okay. which is a home game. Okay. Green Bay at home. Chicago at home. Awesome. So the Chicago game will be for the division, and they're going to lose. It'll be for them to try to make the playoffs. Okay. So what's your prediction for them, then? Nine and seven. So the over-under is nine and seven. This is ridiculous. Okay, I'm. It's nine and seven for me with Minnesota. Okay, and with Green Bay, I have them um, seven and nine. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, Man. I just, I just think Green Bay and Chicago are better than them, and uh, and they're going to lose games because of that. I think that Green Bay and Minnesota are going to split games. The only one that I feel like is really going to take advantage of the division is Chicago. And that's just because even with how great Aaron Rodgers is, that Chicago defense is just too good. Yeah. I love it, Top man. three of all time? <sighs> man. In your top three in your lifetime? You know what? I may put it at top two of my oh, lifetime. Wow. Oh, There wow. it is. All right, so to recap here, for Chicago, the over-under is nine. I have the over. You have the over. I have 10 and six. You have 11 and five. We both have a wing in the division. Um, the over-under for Detroit was six and a half. I have the over at 7-9. You have the under, the way under at 4-12. and 12. Green Bay, the over-under is 9. I have the over at 10-6. and six. You have them winning 9-7. I have them being the second wildcard team. And then for Minnesota, the over-under is 9 games. I take the under at 7-9, and nine, and you're taking them at 9-7, losing to Chicago and losing the, the division as a result. Boom. Yeah. So that's it. That's the NFC North. Uh, whenever you hear from us next time, we'll be previewing... The NFC West. Woo!